Hey everyone, welcome to the Revival Town Podcast. Chuck Tate here. That's Andy King. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing good, mate. How you doing? Man, this is good. This First episode. Season one. We've been working on this for a while and I'm so glad we're finally able to talk to people uh, that we've been around for many years and also talk with one another on different topics and just bring a bit of, uh, bit of fun to this world that we call Christianity. Absolutely. And I'm so excited about this first episode and who we get to talk to. I'm looking forward to a slew of conversations with some inspiring stories, some challenging, some real, I mean, great challenging stories as, as well. Um, but I'm looking forward to just hanging out with you and having fun and bringing people along. <laughs> oh, man, that along. brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> bringing people along for the journey. And Obviously, there are people listening right now that have no idea who we are, who's Chuck right. Tate, who's Andy King. So I think it would be fitting to introduce ourselves this very first episode so we can, man. People have got to know who they're listening to. <laughs> right? So just so everyone knows, uh, my name's Andy. I'm the one that does not have the accent. Chuck does have the <laughs> accent. <laughs> depending on where you're listening from um, but my name's Andy King I've been in America for many years now and uh, I run Dream Center Peoria which is a non-profit here in central Illinois uh, I uh, am married to Teresa who puts up with a lot of crazy things going on not just in our house but also at the Dream Center <laughs> so, and I have a question about that yeah 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 all right on a, on a scale of one to ten, oh man, did she marry you for your accent? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let, let's 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 be honest. I think the accent did come into play. Okay. You know, I, I think we I think we are uh, we are there. But no, we've uh, we've been married over twenty years, twenty four years, and uh, we uh, have three amazing kids. Uh, we've got Joy, who is 15, fun, full of life, loves crafts, loves, you know, a lot of, like, loves watching movies and stuff like that, and uh, loves hanging with her friends, and um, so... She TikTok, and I know, I know that. Oh, she's good on TikTok. I follow her. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, look at you with TikTok. <laughs> Whoa. Related. I just to, spit out my coffee. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that, especially with TikTok, that you you have got to try and stay a little bit relevant. And I know you're trying to do that, being as you're an old man. Hey, and, hey, hey, hey! <laughs> they, they don't call me TikTok Tay for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so that's joy, and uh, and then um, obviously my son Clay is living out in Los Angeles, is a part of the Mosaic community out there, which is a church pastored by Owen McManus. One of my uh, favorite pastors. Yeah, one of the leaders. One of the, the, the best out there, amazing author. Uh, so Clay is out there pursuing dreams, uh, especially in the sound, audio, engineering type of stuff, creating, he's a creative, incredible musician. Uh, so he's out there. Uh, and then Ethan, who's our oldest, he's actually on staff with me at uh, Dream Center. He's in charge of all of our marketing uh, or every anything you see that comes out of the Dream Center. He's behind all of that. And so 
That keeps him pretty busy, and he's getting married next year. Wow, congratulations. So, yeah, so uh, Teresa puts up with a lot, but uh, I love her, and uh, we've been on an amazing journey. Not saying it's easy. Uh, the journey that we've been on has been um, pretty pretty crazy. With We had a time in Nashville uh, at Crosspoint Church uh, down there for a year, and, uh, and then came back to central Illinois, so it's been a crazy journey, but yet um, we have fun doing it, and uh, and I have crazy friends like you as well that keeps me <laughs> keeps me rolling, and uh, and so Chuck, tell us a little bit about you. Well, before I do that, I think it'd be cool for you to briefly share what is Dream Center. You're an executive director for Dream Center Peoria, but for those that are unfamiliar with sure what a Dream Center is, I mean it's. Uh, pretty phenomenal outreach and really it's a very well respect respected organization within the Peoria area and there are dream centers throughout the United States and other you know other locations but you guys have made a significant impact on Peoria Illinois which is where we're at right yeah so a dream center looks very different throughout the world there's over 300 globally um, what we have in Peoria would be in, in the top 5% of size and, and impact, okay? Um, it's basically an outreach to the city. That's the easiest way of, of uh, saying it. So many churches have dream centers within their facilities, within their buildings, but then there are some that are actual organizations that are standalone. Self-sustaining. Yeah, yeah. And so the dream center in Peoria... Um, we impact close to 30,000 people a year um, that, you know, is just through many, many different ways. We have three de three departments. Well, actually, in recording this, we now have four because wow. this is half the press. But we have DCP students, which is our after-school programs. We have a trade school where we teach kids carpentry. Wow. We teach them motor mechanics t-shirt printing motor, motor mechanics i'm gonna i might need to enroll in <laughs> yeah, that i've seen the cars. i can't even <laughs> change my oil <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so uh we and we even have a coffee business that's about to be launched um and teaching kids the way out of poverty um through business and so this is a whole division that we have at dream center then we have dcp housing which is our homeless shelter for women and children anywhere between 60 to 100 Women and children come to the Dream Center each night to find shelter and refuge. And then we can transition them into the village, which is apartments. And that's where we've got casework, social workers. They're able to really help people break those cycles of poverty. Anyone that goes into the village, 91% never go back to homelessness. Mm. And so that's, that's the goal for the housing side. The third one is DCP Cares, and that's where we go into many areas of the city with outreach uh, initiatives. One is we do Backpack Peoria every year, where around two and a half thousand bags are given away, loaded with school supplies, um, and a thousand gift cards for uniforms at a uniform store, just trying to help folks that we see. Uh, and the third, uh, fourth, fourth one that is brand new is dcp mobile we just launched this uh, just yeah yeah and so we um are happy about this we wanted to take what we're doing in the dream center 
and take it to the streets. And so we have, uh, we've purchased a mobile shower unit with four showers and bathrooms in it. Um, we're about to purchase a an RV that will be decked out f- to become a barber shop. So we'll have yeah, two. I thought def- that was for the Revival Town Podcast mobile tour. <laughs> well, we could okay. as well. <laughs> we could do it in the in the in the hair salon. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but that will go yeah. into the streets. We'll also have a f- hot food truck. And then the last one we'll get is a laundry truck with six to eight washers and dryers. So we'll be able to move this little mini city on wheels into areas of this community to be able to serve people that cannot get to the Dream Center. Oh, man. Our whole mission and vision is to impact families living in poverty, starting with kids and youth. And the aim is to do that through dignity, compassion, and purpose. Come on, man. So that that's is, a bit about what wow. we Wow. Find a need, feel a need. That's it. Man. Well, I was so um, privileged to, to for our church to be able to participate in your, your fundraiser, your annual fundraiser last month. And yeah. You featured best-selling author Bob Goff. What a fun night. Oh, it was a great night. It was a great night. And, and a way that we had to do it different, obviously, with COVID. So we normally have 2,000, 3,000 people in an auditorium doing a big big event every year we couldn't do that so we had host sites throughout central illinois which we were one yeah you guys were one at rock church and uh about 1200 people were at those sites and then so many others were tuned in on facebook and youtube so it was it was yeah. amazing thanks for, for do you want to tell us a little bit about the story <laughs> Of you trying to take the picture or the <laughs> yeah so yeah um so yeah i guess uh, so at at this event we were one of the host sites i think we had about about 40 people on site and 41 yeah 41 i mean 41 um <laughs> and i was number 41 yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so during the presentation during the event which was all simulcast so um the the audience that were gathered within at rock church on our site they were all watching the screen yeah you know? yeah yeah um, you had asked every host to log into a Zoom call. Right. And you would cut live to each one. Right. So while I was waiting to go live, and, and, and obviously the, the purpose was so everybody, no matter where they were watching, could see that there were other groups watching. So Correct. you could just, hey, we're breaking into, you know, Rock Church, Connect Church, and right. this place of business, at the mall even. Yeah. I mean, just so many cool host sites. Yeah. So it's an opportunity for everybody to see who was all watching, who right, was experiencing right. this together. So I had already communicated to everyone on our site what was happening. So they were watching the screen live in our sanctuary i was on the stage standing on a chair now, and, and everyone needs to know there's a two minute delay two minute delay yes. so so what what the people are seeing on the screen has actually happened two minutes earlier correct but your zoom call was, was in, in real time was in real time and i was on the stage in real time and and obviously <laughs> you're gonna hear more about this no pun intended throughout revival town podcast but i am hard of hearing hearing impaired wear hearing aids so because of that whenever i'm on the phone it streams via bluetooth right so nobody else hears what i'm hearing so i'm holding up my phone (laughs) on a zoom call showing everyone in our audience i'm on a stage my on the stage standing on a chair holding my phone up in the air because i didn't have a selfie stick that way i could when it cut live to me i could show our sanctuary everybody who's there 
they're watching. They're not really watching me. They're watching the screen, even though, you know, I probably look like a moron. I'm standing <laughs> up on a chair, my phone, holding my phone up in the air. And I'm engaging, but nobody else hears what I'm hearing. Right. So because of the delay, yeah, you during the presentation that's delayed, there was a prayer. Right. Right. right? Your right. right-hand man, Brian, is, is, is praying. But I have already heard that prayer. Right. Because I'm, I'm ahead in real time. Yeah. So in real time, something funny happened in the Zoom call. So I started laughing. So everyone, <laughs> so picture this. Everyone's in the church sanctuary watching this video of somebody praying. And then I'm on a chair standing up in front of everybody. And all they hear is, <laughs> like, well, why is he laughing during this prayer? This is a weird church. <laughs> Who's this pastor? He's making fun of people praying. Oh, God. Isn't this supposed to be a special? Anyway, so yeah, that was, that's good. Crazy, but anyway, well, I guess I should introduce myself. Tell, tell us tell us about yourself. You've mentioned so, Rock Church, yes. incredible church. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you've done uh, in, in the last hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> Back in 19, so, no, um, so uh, my name is Chuck, obviously, and I am married to Annette. We have been married 24 years as well. In yeah, fact, yeah. our anniversary is exactly one week after your and Teresa's anniversary. That's crazy. So isn't that, and I didn't really know you then. Yeah, yeah. Who, who would have thought, right? So yeah. we, I've been married 24 years, and she did. My wife married me for my accent. No. <laughs> no. Um, and, your, and, your, and your locks. And my locks. My your hair locks. <laughs> it's starting to thin out, though. We need to pray. Um Send me Monet. No, um, <laughs> I am also a dad, but before that, I, I, you know, my wife and I, we've been married 24 years. We dated on and off for eight years, and I'm sure some of those stories will, will, will come out. I almost waited too long, but um, happily married for 24 years. I have two kids, a 16-year-old daughter, yeah. and I have, and her name is Savannah, and she's friends with your joy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I have a... 13-year-old son named Ashton who was all about selling shoes online. I'm not joking. He's, it's like, a that's, big that, business. That's a thing, man. Big He's business. all about kicks and he loves basketball. But um, I just love being a dad. And like you mentioned, I'm a pastor of a church in Central Illinois called Rock Church, a church that my wife and I planted in 1998. And here we are more than wow. 22 years later. And it's been, it's been a great ride. I'm also the author of a a book called 41 Will Come, published in 2016 with Tindo House, and that's a whole other story in itself, but um, we're going to give every guest who's on the show a copy of that book. And Wow. Uh, yeah. So, well, hey, how can how can people connect with you, Andy? Best way, I mean, social media, we love social media, right? Everyone loves social media. So, uh, Andy Britt, at Andy Britt, B-R-I-T, uh, is my personal social media uh, tell us about your social media. All right. Mine is pretty simple. My handle is Chuck E. Tate. Chuck E. Ch not G. Chuck E. Tate. And that is uh, and every social media platform that I'm on. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, yep. Facebook, all the above. It's Chuck E. Tate. So pretty easy. Yeah. Now, if you're wanting to follow us Revival Town uh, wise, uh, you just got to go on to all the socials and it's Revival Town Podcast. Revival Town Podcast. Except for Twitter. Twitter. Twitter would not let us do the podcast at the end, so it's just Revival Town. 
Okay. So if you want to go on there. So Revival Town Pod or just Revi- Revival Town? Revival Town. All right. Yeah. Man. Way to get there. So let's talk about Revival Town. And then obviously you're going to introduce our first guest. You guys are going to love this guy. But um, before that, Revival Town Podcast, what does that mean? Well, you know, we wanted to do a podcast that was going to not be your typical leadership boring we've heard the stories before um not that they're not needed because they are for leaders that's they're the place to go there's many many great podcasts for that yeah no they're all bad (laughs) (laughs) okay but we didn't want to be that right what we wanted to do was we wanted to highlight people and places that have been seeing some amazing things happen Mm in their lives and cities. And so this whole thing of revival, I know you're gonna talk about what revival means, but we just wanted to highlight people that have seen things uh, happen in their lives that uh, have been incredible, that God has took them on a journey, that um, in cities, for instance, what's happened at the Dream Center, I could sit for hours and tell you about things that God has done in this city, um, from the way we purchased the building to providing uh, the mobile trucks that we just got, I mean, just over and over. That's what we want to highlight, Revival Town Podcast. What? Imagine if there was a newspaper in your town and what you were doing in your city or as an individual was hitting the papers, like, what's this buzz? Hmm. What's happening? That's yeah. the type of thing that we wanted to do with Revival Town Podcast. Yeah, that's good. Love it. Yeah, well, Revival, it's an awakening. Yep. And it's called Revival Town. A town is an urban area that has a name and is defined by boundaries. So let's believe that each and every one of us, those of you who are listening, will have an awakening, a revival in your own hearts that will spread and affect not just you, but your city. Oh, that's good. So I've got to correct myself. It is Revival Town Pod. Okay. On Twitter. <laughs> it was bothering me so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, 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 I kind of thought so, but uh, all right. <laughs> all right, so, so carry on, carry on. So, so no, so let's have revival within our, I mean, revival starts with me and it's contagious. It'll spread yeah. to others. Yeah. And we're going to bring some people on who have experienced God moving their hearts and it's affected not just them, but those around them, including our very first guest on season one, episode one. Tell us about our guest. Oh man, there is a good friend of yours. Good friend of mine. And um, there's many people that we have reached out to. Seriously, we have got people from all over the globe that are gonna be on this podcast uh, that are seeing God move in their lives. And so we know you're gonna have a great time in hearing today from Pete Hickson who is a personal friend of mine. You'll hear more about him in in just a moment, but you are going to just want to sit back and relax and enjoy. Grab a coffee or grab a Mountain Dew, whichever you go for, and uh, and just really uh, sit back and enjoy this this little chat we had with Pete Hickson. Well, we are so uh, excited for uh, the, the interview that we're about to have. Uh, we have uh, with us today Pete Hickson, who is a, a personal friend of mine, Chuck. He's been uh, on a, an amazing journey uh, over many years. Uh, I, our roads collided in Nashville when we were both on staff at Crosspoint. And, uh, and so as we were talking about people who we would like on this show, the first person that came to my mind was Pete Hickson. Uh, he's a great friend, but not only great friend, he's an amazing leader. 
and uh, and so you, you've just got to meet Pete just just, just briefly just Joe. briefly yeah, so. so great great to meet you Pete and I'm really excited about this myself so yeah when Andy started too, talking about you, this um, and I knew it was gonna be good so Pete how great. are you doing I'm doing good I'm actually away for a few days just my wife and I we have two girls Hope and Addie 19 and 16 so we broke away for a couple days uh, down in the Panhandle area um, Panama City 30A beach so I'm doing good last few days yeah. it's been nice sounds um, it. yeah sounds like yeah get the kids it's somewhere else beat that. <laughs> yeah I mean you know no responsibility it's been wonderful now so, uh, but no we're, we're doing well now not, not many people will know this because uh, we we just started the interview but your wife like she is an incredible like I don't want to insult her with with words but like a travel agent but like yeah the ultimate trips like <laughs> <laughs> Bora Bora, like, you know, I mean, All of it. I, I mean, it is true. Like, I see you obviously tag along with your wife to some of these yeah. places. <laughs> she is, you know, I mean, it, she's in the travel business. She does a lot of um, uh, luxury travel and then does a bunch of group incentives. It's been a tough year, like it is for everyone, yeah. but that industry got hit right out of the gate. So she's starting to rebound booking stuff for next year. But yeah, she lets me come along with her on, on some of her trips. She's actually leaving from Mexico next week for a group that she books every year. And I'm not getting to go on that one. I got to stay home with the kids. So. Oh, man. Rough life. Rough life so, for your wife. Know, but you're at the I beach know, this week. <laughs> but I'm at the beach this week. It's like 40 degrees here in Peoria. I grew up in Iowa, so I understand. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm a Midwest boy. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> So let's let's talk about that. You uh, grew up Midwest. Tell us a bit about growing up in the the Hickson family, but then also into ministry, and uh, and then we'll get into what you're doing uh, now, which is really exciting. But perhaps getting us up to speed on on just who you are and what you've done, and, and we'll you know interject as we get going because uh, uh, I know there'll be some juicy things you'll mention. We're like, whoa, let's let's pause there. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, so I grew up in the cornfields of Iowa. My my dad has always been in the construction field, um, and we we rented a farmhouse until my senior year, and then he built us a house. You know, they say that if, if whatever industry you're in, everybody gets it first before you get it. So um, I got to live in the house that he built uh, for one year before I left home. But yeah, we grew up in Iowa. Um, grew up in a Christian home. I have two sisters. They actually live in Atlanta and my parents are in Iowa. So I'm around my sisters a lot, which is nice and their families. But, uh, yeah, my youth pastor growing up just made a big impression upon me, probably starting in seventh grade, but about 10th grade just started inviting me to, you know, Hey, give this devotion, do this thing. And I had no idea, but it just led from one door to the next. I never really had a moment where I would say I was, you know, called to ministry. Uh, I think we all would agree ministry can look like so many different things. Now I definitely understand that more, but um, I just kind of walked through the next open door and that led me to Lynchburg, Virginia, where I went to Liberty University. Um, and then that's kind of through a connection, met, met my wife. And we ended up living in North Carolina, Arkansas, Florida, 
then Atlanta for 12 years, then Nashville, then Columbus, Ohio, and now we're back in Atlanta. So, (laughs) uh, yeah. So that's been a, that's a brief version of, of, um, my growing up years and came to a personal relationship with Jesus at a young age and, um, have just continued to pursue that and tried to make that the primary thing and realize my, I guess, identity and calling has been to him as a, a son, as a, as a child. But he's always led me through a formal ministry. My whole occupation for 20 plus years has been in ministry um, in local churches, youth pastor, uh, hospital shepherding pastor, started a church and and pastored it for nine years, campus pastor where you and I were together, Andy, yeah. then lead pastor again in Ohio. And now I'm not doing that formally, but I still feel just as much of a pastor and called. And um, yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey. This last year has been tough uh, in a lot of ways for everybody, but uh, yeah, for our family, it's been a lot of changes. And I, I know you mentioned changes with, with your family. I know your father-in-law has just... Um, transitioned out of being senior pastor but like he's he's pretty well known right that's i mean that's yeah especially in the atlanta area can you tell us about that and because you were around the transition and everything going on how how that was just observing from the outside yeah you know i i my father-in-law his name's johnny hunt he has been in the southern baptist convention for many 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 years served as the president a few terms and just an incredible leader i mean the most generous man i've ever been around um heart for people to know jesus and he's always invested in pastors and, and other ministries um and so he's been doing that with one of the organizations within the southern baptist convention called nam the north american mission board and he stepped away uh, from, oh my gosh, uh, how many years was he at First Baptist Woodstock? Uh, I want to say 40 years probably. Um, uh, maybe not that quite. I feel bad that I don't have the exact number there. But I mean, you know, stepped into that place. Yeah, okay, okay. It could be 25, it could be 40. I don't know. But uh, he was there a long time. And I mean, from you know, walking into a difficult situation with, uh, like a handful of people and, um, had the privilege to grow that church to thousands and thousands of people and reach people all over the world. And now he's just kind of walked across that bridge into doing what he's doing with Nam, which is helping church plants, helping other churches. So he travels around the country and does what he loves to do and still just, you know, sharing the gospel with people and uh, investing in, in pastors and ministries. And um, so it's it's awesome. It's been wonderful to s- just be a part of the family, but also watch his transition out. I didn't think that he would really step away because, I mean, that was just such a big part of his life. But it's been really fun to watch the freedom I've seen in his heart and his life of just saying, hey, that was then. I'm still doing my thing. And uh, that's been an inspiration to me. That's good. Awesome. Hey, I have a question for you, for you, Pete. So, um, so you were a church planner and then you've also served as a, um, a lead pastor, a campus pastor. So what is, um, is there a, a, a mindset difference from being the guy who planted the church, started the church from just serving as the pastor in a church? 
That's a great question. And by the way, uh, there's some kind of um, lawn care activity outside, so I apologize for any <laughs> audio that you're hearing. I, I thought it was your wife calling to go surfing or something like that. But. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's coming soon. That's coming soon. Um, yeah, the, you know, um, Chuck, the, I, I don't know if, if, if you're asking for, like, a difference or just my personal experience. Um, I think everybody has a, a – a different experience from leading a church as lead pastor and then campus pastor. For me, um, the years I was at cross point, which was actually just under two, uh, what I loved was getting something launched underneath an already great, uh, well-organized, um, organization and <clears throat> kind of putting the things in place to get it off and moving. Um, I think the thing that I missed during the, that season was uh, leading the vision. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't lead a vision as a campus pastor. It was just more implementation, and that was just a different kind of a role for me. But I loved what, what, what I enjoyed a lot was getting underneath and watching something that was run very well, and it helped me you know, into the next phase. Excellent. That's yeah, good. good stuff. Then that transition, I, I mean, and, and we both left Crosspoint at around the same time. Um, I remember you telling me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 um, but that transition going from campus pastor now to taking on a church that really needed some help. Um, yeah. What was that like? Because you were moving to a new city, a new new friends new people um what how was that transition and and anything you learned from that that if down the road you did that again you would would do or not do yeah i boy i i really didn't know all what was what was coming my way which was probably good but i'm i'm kind of a a sucker for a need, you know, if there's a really great need, that's just what draws me. I've always been a person to revitalize something or get something started. And so that's what I think, you know, God used it as, as an attraction to me to say, Hey, this place uh, has incredible potential. Columbus, Ohio, honestly, is one of the greatest cities. Um, it's, it's very, you know, it's kind of a hidden secret. Uh, I think it went from the 15th largest to the 14th largest city uh, when I lived there. Um, Is that in the U S and that was because I was there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it mean it to sound like that. Uh, while I was living there, they, they were talking about the biggest 15th biggest city and then it moved to 14. So anyway, um, but just an incredible opportunity there. And I think some principles that I learned was I underestimated the, the, the need to, uh, have people around you in a new place. Um, and my wife and I were really kind of on our own. We were taking over an organization that had been through some really difficult times. Plus it was a school. Plus it was a daycare. Mm. Plus there was a, a big falling out from the previous pastor a few years. Um, there was an interim situation that was muddy when we stepped into it. So, um, I think I, I don't know exactly what I would do different other than like move people like you, Andy, there with me um, <laughs> because it's just hard to do that alone. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was very difficult. And I was just, you know, 
let's go do this thing, had vision. And really over the course of three years there, there were some wonderful things that happened. Many people took steps towards Jesus, accepted him, um, got a new, um, I think, worldview for life and for the church. Uh, it, it always forms you when you go through difficult things. But we were kind of whittling it down to rebuild it, and that took a lot longer than I thought. Stepping into something that you don't start, it takes a long time to get it to a place where you feel like you can build on a foundation. Yeah. And I probably underestimated that. That was a big part of it, but Man. learned a lot along the way. <laughs> That's good. Well, well, Pete, my story is I'm originally from Phoenix, but um, ended up moving to central Illinois as a kid and grew up in Illinois after that. Um, did ministry. I actually lived in Sandusky, Ohio, by the way, as a youth pastor right. there for, for about a year and a half. But then I worked for a national youth ministry. Big Tommy in Boy shout out. Pardon? Sorry, I said that's a big Tommy Boy shout out. Yeah. Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> yes, exactly. I had to mention it. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, well, I ended up living in, in Tulsa. I worked for a national youth ministry there and um, attended a couple large churches. And that's where God really placed the vision in my heart to, to plant a church in central Illinois. There's a church called Guts Church. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And, mm. um, and they were doing contemporary church before anybody else was. It was rock and roll. It was different. And um, it resonated with me. And um, so we, I had this huge vision. And I knew what our church was going to look like. And we had our we had our vision written down. We had it laid out. We had our goals. We came and, and packed everything up and moved and um, started having our our vision meetings and built our team. And I had no clue then how difficult it was going to be. I mean, I went from being the Bible Belt, and I just I just knew that we were going to duplicate what was happening in Tulsa here, and it did not go that way. We were mobile <laughs> for our first nine years. We're finally in our own facility wow. at, um, that we purchased back in 2009, but for nine years, we were setting up and tearing down multiple locations, and it was so, so tough. And so, you know, can you speak to moment? How do you navigate when you have this vision of how things are supposed to go, and then they don't go that way? Um, a lot of people do yeah. quit, and a lot of church planters quit for this reason, but here we are 22 years later, and we've learned mostly what not to do, by the way. Um, so funny you said that. But um, can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes we don't know the ultimate outcome, and I don't want to play a big game of God's sovereign will versus, you know, all this. But as we look back, the interesting thing is, whether it was his original intention or not, I don't have the answer to that. But the role I never thought we would play when we went there was we actually shut the church down. Mm. And they ended up merging with another great, very, very uh, uh, high-reach, growing church in the Columbus area, multiple campuses, and they merged with them. And, and Polaris Church be has become a campus of Rock City Church, which is a great church in Columbus, reaching a lot of people. Uh, I just never thought that was going to be my role when I went there, and I probably would have never gone. Um, and so to to respond to that, you know, I think we don't know what our ultimate role is going to be, but the faithfulness to take the next step, and this is what I learned in the end, keep your heart intact. Yeah. 
So whether that is because things turned into success you always dreamed it would through nine years and 10 years and 20 years and 30 years later, here you are, keep your heart intact. For me, ours was, now I'm a three on the Enneagram, so failure is the worst thing that you could ever imagine. So I call this a failure on paper, but I know God doesn't. My wife reminds me it was not a failure. I know that. I still struggle with it, to be honest. But but the, to to end something when I felt like I had a vision for it to go so far was hard. But I felt like when we came to the point of do we stay, do we fight, do we go through this one more step? And all I just felt that God say was guard your heart and protect your family. And I can say we left with our heart intact. I still love Jesus. I still love the church. I still love Columbus, Ohio. And I think sometimes when you get to a point where you have to choose between digging one more step through, but you will lose your heart versus, hey, it's okay to just push away from the death, but keep your heart. That's the position I was in. And I'm not saying don't be a fighter. That was so hard for me. But um, in the same way, when you keep pressing through obstacles and all kinds of uh, things that come at your way, to your point, Chuck, and you just feel like things aren't going, but you feel like, hey, my heart is still here. And then let's say you reach the pinnacle of success, whatever that is. <clears throat> you know, I could look at my father-in-law, had incredible, you know, so many years run at a church and you can still keep your heart intact. So whether it is, quote, success or, quote, failure, I'm not terming that in, no. in you know, trying to call this or that. But keep your heart intact. That was the thing that really I would encourage anybody maybe listening to this, you're facing a tough decision um, in your success or at the face of pushing away from the desk. Nothing is more important than your heart. That's what God has. And that's how he directs you. It's the only thing I have of use to him. If I'm going to be of use to him to right. this world. So yeah, yeah, that's how I would respond. You yeah. mentioned your, your family and obviously there's a lot of transition there. Uh, could have been a lot of hurt, obviously, with, with going through all of this. Um, yeah. Uh, but something's come out of it. And obviously, uh, for those who are listening may not know, but Pete, as a special needs child, and your heart is... I, I even remember at Crosspoint, I know that um, Tim Tebow's organization was, was starting to, to really get rolling with the nights that he does. And I think you guys even got to be with Tebow one night. Um, mm-hmm. but, but we were just talking, um, uh, before we started and, and you're wanting to do something, uh, that's beyond one night. Can you, can you just mm-hmm. touch into, into that and your journey there? Um, because I know it, it means a lot to you, obviously with hope, your, your daughter and, and how, and she's amazing. I'll always remember the first time I ever met hope for some reason I said, how you doing Holly? And she goes, my name is hope not Holly. <laughs> and I'll yeah. never I'll never forget that and I never forgot her name again. So, uh, t- yeah. tell us tell us a bit about uh, about yeah. that. Well, that sounds just like her. She, you know, the beautiful thing about Hope and she gets this path that most of us don't get. Is she says whatever she's thinking. So, um, she lives with complete freedom all the time. <laughs> she doesn't hold anything in, which is a beautiful thing. But um, yeah, when Hope was born, she went into respiratory distress, stopped breathing, and caused a gap in her brain. That's the best way I describe, you know, her condition. Um, she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. She's very high functioning physically for CP. If you're familiar with the spectrum, 
but emotionally and mentally delayed. So that's a little bit about her. And we've known this is coming. Every parent that has a child with special needs knows there's a day coming when what do we do? But you're just like every parent and even more so just trying to, you know, put one log in front of the other to get across the pond and survive. So how do we make it through? And one of the things we're feeling and we feel the pain of it every day and actually part of the story of stepping away from pastoring and you know that load and you know that pressure in the last year it's just given us space to think and be and for God to lay a new burden on our heart which is we want to create communities where these individuals as adults can live and thrive you know most adults with special needs are living with their aging parents and there's not a vision they don't really know what's next. Everyone's trying to piece the grandmother here or the aunt or the sibling and, the, you know, just shuffle it through. And it's given us a big, you know, vision that we are just putting together. And Andy, you said the word beyond. That's going to be a big part of the even the, the name of this organization. But, um, we, I mean, essentially we want to build apartment complexes or living units that have more to it than just an apartment complex. Wow or a living unit. And these organizations exist. There's some great ones across the country as we've been pursuing this the last six months. Uh, however, the ones that are incredible, there's a 15 year waiting list and it's 3,500 to $5,000 a month to live there. And so we want to try to do our best to bring that cost down. And we want to build multiple of these actually across the country. That's like big vision. It's going to take ridiculous money. But every time we keep saying, you know what, maybe God, this isn't for us. This is too big. He just keeps continually putting it on our heart. So we're sort of on the side working towards that vision. Um, It is a need like you wouldn't believe everyone is either directly or indirectly touched by a family raising a child with special needs who will then be an adult, you know, and you really think about it, you know, what, what we've learned with Hope is that when you put her in an environment that's designed for her, she grows beyond the capabilities you thought that she could be. And her potential goes beyond what you think. You and I have more potential than we'll ever grow into. They actually have more potential than provided for them. And so they live on the other side of potential. And we want to kind of push, push those bounds and give them a place to live that's designed for them so that then they can interact with jobs and in the community, you know, um, anyway, I could go on and on, but it's, it's such a need and opportunity. And so we're, we're just praying about it. We're putting some stuff on paper. We're having meetings. We're looking at, you know, some financial performance. We've looked at some properties, but you know, you have to have a chunk of change before you even start looking at that stuff. So, yeah, that's amazing. What? So I was talking to Chuck earlier and your transition uh, with your family, with what you're talking about, with this new special needs venture, um, you know, back to Atlanta from Ohio, a lot of transition obviously going on. But then you get involved with Donald Miller and uh, Story Brand, uh, mm-hmm. which is very intriguing uh, to both of us. Obviously, running Dream Center Peoria, um, you know, we really try to push the envelope on anything we do with regards to not just programs we do uh, and programs that normally aren't in a not-for-profit outreach type of environment. 
but also to be able to brand it to where people want to get involved with you. Uh, nonprofits yeah. are great at having terrible marketing. Uh, and so, and so, and so, um, so for us, that was a, that's a big deal for us. We want to be able to invite people with the way that we are presenting our vision and presenting what we do in our vision and our mission. And, and so when I mentioned this to Chuck and, and same with rock church, with, with the church that, that, uh, Chuck pastors, they definitely as well are ones that push the envelope and trying to communicate, uh, to non-Christians, we mm-hmm. churches are great at messaging to Christians, but it, yeah. it's all about reaching out and getting people into the church. And so, when we mentioned story, like Chuck started like dribbling, like, "Whoa, he's, he's, <laughs> he's doing story brand." <laughs> oh, I've, I've written all Donna Miller stuff, and as an author, oh, yeah. he's kind of like a like a hero with his story. And mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, so I love the whole story brand concept. I think it'd be great for you to explain to those listening. Um, for those who have no idea what is, what's story brand? Um, cause it's, yeah. you know, it's so good and, and powerful. And our, our church tagline is same message, different language. So, um, obviously yeah. communicating the love of God, um, in love in a way that people can understand it. And I think story yeah. brand is kind of, is a perfect segue. I mean, that's a perfect segue into story brand. And, and so, um, yeah, why don't you share what is story brand? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to. You know, um, Don and I became friends when we were living in Nashville through a mutual friend. And I was in Montana on a fishing trip that he and I and a group of about 12 other guys were about to go in a few weeks again. Um, that'll be our third year together. And, you know, he just said, hey, we're doing some stuff. And I was in that transition. And um, so long story short, jumped in. I'm a private workshop facilitator with StoryBrand. So when a company wants to do the workshop, and I'll explain that, um, I'll go and do the two-day workshop for them. I'm also doing some coaching as well. Uh, but StoryBrand, essentially, the reality, and you say churches are known for not being good at marketing. Many companies are not good at marketing either. What they think is marketing. You know, the, the truth is most companies or organizations or people who love what they do are so close to what they do that they have a difficult time telling others about it in a way that keeps them listening, right? We just keep talking, but we're not sure people are listening. And people will keep listening, people will keep reading, and people will take action when they see words that make sense to them. And marketing often is sold in brand and look and feel and all that stuff is great. That's a wonderful add-on. But it's words that make sense to people that make them want to buy things or engage with your services. So what story brand is essentially is a communication framework that we walk people through from the beginning to the end. And we teach companies, number one, you need to position yourself as a guide, not the hero. You're not the savior of the day. You're the guide to the person that you're trying to help. They're the hero. You want to see them get to where they want to be. That's good. And Every story has a character who wants something. There's a problem. Then the guide comes along, offers a plan, calls them to action. If they do what they tell them, they succeed. If they don't, they fail. That's the seven parts of every story. Look at every movie. Watch Tommy Boy. Watch Josh Tank Redemption and all of them in between. That's exactly what's happening. This character 
And then the guide is this person, you know, because we've said Tommy Boy twice already. Um, <laughs> you know, Richard. <laughs> Richard is the guide here. Tommy Watt Wingy. <laughs> That's right. That guy in a little coat. Um, so anyway, uh, but every story has someone that comes along and helps them see this through. And the funny thing is the hero is the one who's the wavering one. They're the one who starts out in one way and ends up better. The guide is steady. So you want to be a guide. So I would encourage every church, every company, every leader of an organization, be the guide. That's kind of our phrase at Story Brand, um, to help your customer win the day. This isn't about you coming in and dropping in as the savior of the world. And so we walk them through those seven components. So I get to help companies do that. Uh, for the first time recently, I actually did a church planting organization. That was a lot of fun. Um, I'm starting to do some website wireframes. I don't design and, and, and make the website. I just tell people where to put what words yeah. so that keeps them engaged in the story. So I'm really loving that. It's helping um, me. Uh, there's some other things that we're working on. Story brand essentially it will become the marketing agency underneath Business Made Simple, which Chuck and Andy, I'm not sure if you followed that with Don recently, but it's business education and there's going to be several courses through a platform called Business Made Simple University where you can get a subscription. The messaging course, Story Brand, is one of those courses, but we teach companies how to have a mission, how to have a message, how to do marketing, um, and I'm a coach with that. Uh, which that's a new venture. But what I've loved in the mission component of that is we have another framework that teaches organizations, individuals, businesses, and even families. This coming weekend, I'm speaking at a church uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina, and then I'm going back the week after to do a family workshop teaching families how to create a mission for your family to oh, keep wow. you aligned. Most families are distracted doing a hundred things. Hmm. And, and by the way, it's not, it doesn't have to be some big, massive, save the world mission. It could be we're going to do a garage sale and give the money away, and then you create a set of principles around that. It's just getting people aligned and moving towards something together. So it's just yeah. experimenting with these great frameworks, and it's, it's crossing some great ministry paths as well. Wow. So good. Man, we, we should have just done the, the whole podcast just on the on the story brand stuff. Not that your other stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> But um, what, I mean, going from those two worlds, right, church world to now really a marketing type of visionary type world, what are some of the big differences you're, you're seeing? You know, I, I, I was on another friend's um, podcast not too long ago, and he asked me a question like that. He's a pastor um, in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania doing a great work, um, and I think one of the, this isn't a practical difference, but it's something internal is that I've had to wrestle with, am I as good of a Christian without the label pastor as I am, <laughs> as I was with that label, right? So is my fellowship of Jesus, um, I don't want to say genuine because, you know, I would like to think that it is, but that, that's been something I've had to wrestle with when that's not your occupation. Right. Um, you know, where, where do you fall? So that's been something internally, externally, I would say, um, I, 
it's just people. I mean, it's all people. Yeah. And if, if I'm not thinking about a title, I don't feel any different. And so I, I you know, there are clearly some differences. Um, my weekly routines are very different. And unless I'm speaking at a church on Sunday, my Saturdays are very different these days. Right. Um, in this way, you know, you know, this is not a good or a bad thing. It's just Saturdays at five o'clock on, you know, yeah. you're thinking about Sunday, you know, <laughs> you're just getting in, your stomach starts getting tight. You're like, hey, you know, and my wife and I will be cooking dinner on Saturday night and we'll just be like, oh, it's crazy. But, um, I'm kind of joking about that one, but th- there's practical <laughs> differences in what we do and what we don't do anymore. But I guess a takeaway for me is it's just people, you know, and if we can wipe off our labels, and I think that's something that we could think about in our current society right now, if we could wipe off our labels, if we could wipe off what we think we have to be attached to and see one another for human beings that God loves and God has created then I think we would have less hate and just less, you know, strong opinions. I'm all for strong opinions, but when you start shaming people on one side or the other, um, that's not acting like brothers and sisters very well. And so I don't know, I'm kind of bleeding into something else right now, but it's, it's just people, you know, we just got to learn how to act with one another. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how has StoryBrand um, affected you personally? Mm. I mean, you're, you're you're a coach and helping with communication framework, but how has has it impacted you directly? It has. I would say using more uh, clear words. Our whole thing is about clarity and trying to use fewer words that make more sense to people. That's been a big personal thing for me. Sometimes that's hard conversationally because I like to flesh things out, but when I put something on paper or then go and communicate, uh, it's helped me be a better communicator. Um, I think through the lens of more even than ever before in this conversation, am I the hero or am I a guide to help you become better? You're always Um, my hero. Yeah. Pete, you're always my yeah. hero. Yeah, you're my new, you're my new <laughs> hero. Yeah. You're my new. I'm throwing no, out no, all no. my. Andy Please, was my let, hero. Now it's you, be, Pete. No. <laughs> let me be your guide, or I will lose my certification. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, no, but it will help. It, it it helps me, you know, think through that lens too. As being a father, as a husband, you know, a friend. Um. So yeah, it, it's helped me in every area of my life. Plus. It's given me opportunities to meet people from all kinds of industries. I'm kind of a, a geek when it comes to, you know, learning all kinds of stuff. I've in the different various companies I'm working with, I'm just seeing so much that interests me about life. So that's helped me, you know, broaden my horizons and, and um, live in different worlds too. Good, good. Well, Pete, I know you're, you can't wait to get, onto the beach <laughs> and so so we, we're going to wrap it up here uh just for a minute but um we would just like we, we're going to ask every guest that comes on the show to pray maybe for the listeners maybe for things that you have shared about today and you feel needs to resonate even more to people that are listening mm-hmm. could you just uh close this in prayer we, we're not going to finish there but just close in prayer and then and then uh we'll, we'll keep rolling I'd love to. Thank you. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for your faithfulness to us. And you are the ultimate one. So may we all just look up to you. May we be reminded that our worldview does not start with us, but it starts with you. And boy, that will change a lot of our interactions. I thank you for Andy. Thank you for getting to meet Chuck today. I pray for their ministries. I know that they are making an incredible uh, difference. I've loved being Andy's friend and uh, just just physically seeing, being there. And then from a distance watching what's going on there. And I pray the same impact for Chuck and for that whole uh, area uh, in Peoria and around um, Illinois. And I just also pray for anyone listening, whether it was something on keep your heart intact. Lord, there's, there's some possibly listening that are wrestling with continuing to move forward or needing to push away. And the answer is not about one of those things. It's whatever's going to help them keep their heart intact. Um, Father, I pray also for some in their organizations that they're struggling to have a clear message. I really just believe in that. And I pray that, that you would help them to create a clear message that's all about the person they're trying to reach, not all about them. And so maybe that mind shift will help someone. I pray for, also just our country at this time. Um, I, I feel bad to feel like this prayer won't go anywhere, but I believe in you, but I pray for unity. I don't know how that's possible with such division right now in so many ways. And even, you know, Christian brothers and sisters fighting against one another because of a certain political candidate. But God, would you help us to see each other underneath your umbrella? together as your children and they we just look to one another in the eyes and in the hearts and in the minds and just meet the need in front of us um i'm thinking about uh some words that jesus gave us that said you don't need a big campaign uh you don't need a fundraiser you are the fundraiser you don't need to solve the world's greatest problems just go to the people in the neighborhood that have needs and so i just pray as he gave that call to his followers in the beginning that we would just go to the people around us and that we would represent you in your heart and uh, god i do pray for the election coming up and beyond that and for our country just the, the the moment we're in for this coronavirus for for those who are ill for healing and in all kinds of ways and thank you for it in jesus name amen amen yeah. amen pete can you i know pe- people are listening and are like this guy's amazing He's one of the best people I've ever heard talk. How can I get connected with him? What, what's the best way for people to connect with you with regards to story yeah. brand, uh, even with the special needs type of stuff you're looking at? Yeah. Um, what's, what's the best way social to get connected? Social media. So yeah, any of that. Uh, yeah, well, social media is just Pete underscore Hickson, H-I-X-S-O-N. Uh, that's on Instagram. And then... Um, Pete Hickson, Facebook, just search Atlanta, H-I-X-S-O-N. My name never gets spelled right, so that's tough. <laughs> but <clears throat> my email is probably the best way to connect with me because once it gets into my inbox, that's that's important to me, which is another marketing tip. But anyway, oh. uh, it's P, the letter P, Hickson, P-H-I-X-S-O-N at storybrand.com. P Hickson at storybrand.com. Send me an email. I'd love to connect with you if you're interested in learning more about the special needs vision or you have some networking i would love as we're pursuing this to connect with you or or you would like to talk about some of the uh 
the offerings um, and services that I've got as a, as a business coach and, and um, facilitator or, or come share and speak in your church. I would love that as well. Awesome. Chuck, you've got some that you want to do. Yes, we got, we got um, some questions for you, Pete. And again, thank you so much for Bring it. taking the time. So this is just random stuff, the three big, the big three. Um, the first one, since you lived in Columbus, Ohio, I need to ask you Kings Island mm. or Cedar Point and why? Oh, well, this is going to be tough because I haven't been to either one. What? Whoa. I know, I know. Like. <laughs> Listen, my kids went, and I never got there. I was, I was, I, brother, I was busy in the ministry. No, oh. I have no excuse for hey, it. No, you know what? I, I can't say anything because I no. lived in Arizona twelve years and never went to the Grand Canyon until like oh, a, a few goodness. years ago. Yeah, I know. So yeah, uh, but I will say Cedar Point because we went to this place called Putin Bay in Ohio, and it's like the best kept secret. It's like this little beach area. Now you only have a few months out of the year to go and really <laughs> yes. feel like it's a beach. But you can see out and see Cedar Point and it's beautiful. So I would say Cedar Point. All, all right. Uh, I like even more, man. I like even more. Um, all right. Next question. Alarm clock, music or siren? Oh, I have a siren but i prefer music and i have no idea why until you just asked me that question <laughs> that's a good all right i don't good, know man. cool uh, i'm a yeah. siren guy too but you know and yep. my siren doesn't wake me up it wakes my wife up and then she wakes me up <laughs> yeah that, there you go, that's right and i probably do the siren because i don't like it because i feel like it's the thing that's going to get me out of bed yeah but um, i don't know that psychologically doesn't work out for me i might need to change yeah that. all right or maybe you just use the Tommy Boy theme music from here on out. That's no, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last question. If you were to get a tattoo tomorrow, what would it be? Okay. Ooh. Well, this is my first tattoo right here. Whoa. And that one, yeah, I know. It was a little painful up in there. Um, that is, is that, for those that aren't watching, that's his arm, yeah, right? Yeah. It's right underneath his arm. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's yeah, he, Hebrew, oh, right? Boy. Is that Hebrew? Uh, that's actually Greek on this one. It's oh, agape okay. for, for love. So, yeah. Um, I'm glad you said that, Andy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, if I was going to get a tattoo tomorrow, oh, man, what would it say? Uh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, I'm somewhere between it saying Tommy Boy at this point. <laughs> Andy King, or most likely it would say Rick Astley down my arm oh, right here. Rick Astley is my top oh, singer hero. I gotta People say, people literally ask me. They they say Pete. They ask my wife. They're like, is he joking about the whole Rick Astley thing? She's no. like, he's not joking. Like he, like, is my hero. Yeah, and honestly, Chuck, I'm not joking. When when we met and he mentioned it to me and I laughed. And he's like, wait, he's an English guy. I'm like, well, I know that, but it's Rick Astley. And you are like <laughs> seriously obsessed. Didn't you meet him? I'm obsessed. So when we were living in Columbus, <laughs> he did a show in Pittsburgh and we drove over and I've been wanting to see that guy in concert since 1987. 
and it was the most magical thing to me. <laughs> so that should be um, your alarm clock music. You can wake up every That's day. That's going to be it. Uh, every... <laughs> oh, Never going to give you up. That's oh. what it's going to be. Um, and for Christmas last year, my wife got me tickets to a concert in um, London oh. to go see him like near his hometown. And the two of us were going there. And then we were going to Dublin for three days. And it got put off twice since the pandemic and uh, now it's pushed to may of next year so on, god willing I'll, I'll hook you up I'm with all the places to go mate i know you will <laughs> come on Man. that's awesome well pete we want to thank you so much for uh spending the time with us today uh i know god's going to bless you in all the ventures that you've got uh going right now and uh you are a true friend uh, i appreciate your friendship we're going to get you back to peoria perhaps next time Chuck, not only will we get him preaching at Mission Peoria, but perhaps yeah. we'll get him at the Rock Church Absolutely. on the weekend. Absolutely. Let's go. I'd love yeah, to. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Love to. Thank you so much. Chuck, great to meet you. Andy, it's awesome to see you. Love you, man. And you. And you. Hey, great meeting you. Speak Pete. soon. Thank you. Man, we're back. That was so good. Andy. Oh, man. I told you you would love Pete Hickson. He is a great friend that. Um, our journeys are pretty similar in the last few years. A lot of transition, a lot of things going on. Uh, I'm, and I'm not, I don't say this a lot. He is one of the best communicators I've ever seen. He, when he speaks, whether whether it's to businesses or to churches, he is one of the best communicators around and, uh, and a great, great friend. So I'm glad we could have him on. Yeah, I'm get, so glad. People get to know him today. Yeah great way to kick off this podcast yeah. and if you haven't um yet go go follow pete i'm gonna follow him yeah yeah in fact absolutely. he said a couple things that just jump out at me we switch before we switch gears here he said just because i call it a failure on paper god does not oh, so good man yeah you know so be encouraged today no matter how many times you've fallen down get up and go with what god has asked you to do and um, one of the things one of the other things he said is i always i always feel drawn i've always been drawn to a need which I know that resonates with you with, yeah. with, with, with Dream Center. And yeah. and um, it's cool just to hear his story about special needs. I know that resonates with a lot of people out there who have family members or kids um, with special needs. And he said, regarding special needs people, and, you know, they have more potential than what's been provided for them. And I just love that he has a dream. He's picking up. He's running with it. Absolutely. And that's Pete. I'm fired up. Yeah, that's Pete in a, in a nutshell. He, he is always looking to help people in so many ways when i got to nashville he was the first person that welcomed me at the door took me out to lunch wanted to get to know me wanted to get to know where i'd come from i mean that he lives and breathes what he you took heard. your wallet yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute yeah yeah perhaps he's not a great friend <laughs> Oh, man. Well, speaking of great friends, you know, we're, we're having a, a really good time with this, and we're going to do something that's um, new. <laughs> the whole podcast is new. <laughs> this is a little segment that we call Tate and his mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tate and his mate. You know, Should we explain this a little yeah, bit? Um, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a long-haired, old-school rocker, you know, from back from the 80s. And um, so... When I talk to people, I still, I call them, you know, what's up, man? Hey, dude, you know, but with you being from the UK, you're like, hey, mate. And now I, I always say mate, even when I'm texting you, yeah. and we talk, hey, you know, hey, mate, great idea for the podcast. Hey, mate. Great. So this is a segment called Tate and his mate where you're going to 
give me an English word, I have to guess the meaning or something like that? Well, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There is, when I came to America, um, I was messed up for quite a bit because, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was just normal life. But no, <laughs> no, but there were so many words that we could and could not use over here um, or words that we would use in the UK that meant nothing else. There's a whole, there's a whole side of the UK language called rhyming Cockney slang. And this is a slang that was really around London area. And so what we thought was over the next uh, episodes, we'll just keep this rolling because there's so many different words. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you, Chuck, to try and guess what an, a word is that is not used in America. All right. Okay, so here is the first one. By the way, do you like... And I have no idea what you're going to say. No idea. No idea. Okay, here we go. So this is skewiff. Um, what? Okay. <laughs> skew, skewiff? Skewiff. Skewiff. F, it's S-K-E-W-W-H-I-F-F. Skewiff. Skewiff. So I need to guess to, what the definition of skewiff is. Yeah, do you want me to put it in context? Um, skew with. So, so let me put it in, in context. Okay. Your hat is skew with. My hat is skew with. Mm. I'm going to go with cool. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, I'm on my hat. Says worship on it. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. That's cool, right? Yeah, I mean, it is cool. It is yeah. cool, but that's not what skew with means. <sighs> um, again, another guess. Go, go, go for it. All go right. It. Um, do you want me to do another definition? Sure. That picture on the wall is skew with. Mm, that picture on the wall is it's, it's skew with. That, it's it's um, relevant. No. <laughs> skew with. It's uh, it's racking. <laughs> no. Okay. So let me tell you what skew with. Skew with. Basically means it's sloped instead of straight, or it's wrongly positioned. <laughs> wrongly positioned. So my hat is wrongly positioned, huh? I am, my hat's crooked. Though you're That's saying. exactly it's, it. Something is crooked. Hey, something, something is skew whiffed. All right, all right, all right. So, 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 if you're listening today, uh, the challenge is for you to try and use this word uh, uh, skew whiffed. All right. With a family member that has not heard this podcast, yes, right, there, yeah. Let's let's try and do that. Like so, okay. So it may be a, a picture on on the wall. Uh, uh, it may be some hat. It may be something that just is skew whiffed. Skew whiff. I'm going home and I am gonna try it out on my family right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that is Tate and his mate. That's a wrap, Andy. Episode one is in the can. Oh, man. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? I, I had a great time. It was good, good, good stuff, man. That's good. Well, we, we are excited to go on this journey with whoever wants to listen, right? I mean, that's the whole, the whole thought of trying to encourage people along their journey. And so that's what we want to do with, with Revival Town podcast yeah so go check us out revival podcast i mean revival town podcast.com all the socials are at revival town podcast except twitter which is at revival town pod yes we are sorry that we couldn't get them all the same but 
Twitter have these little things that you can and can't do. Yeah, Twitter is a dumpster fire anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, speaking of some fire, but we got a great episode coming up next week. Episode two, friend of mine. Yeah. Her name is Anna LeBaron. Her story is riveting. Oh, when when you were telling me about her and we we got to hear from her, man, mate, I'm telling you, this story is incredible. So tune in next week and you'll get to hear. And remember, if there's anything in your life that is needs adjusting, um, skew off. Skew whiff. Skew whiff. I can't. <laughs> skew off. That's, that's pretty bad. We'll see you later. Skew off. <laughs> that's it for episode one. Skew off, everybody. <laughs> skew, if anything is skew whiff. <laughs> okay, let's just end this. <laughs> That's awesome. See you next week, everyone. Revive.